Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. I'm Bill, and I'm sitting across the table from Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. Hello, my fellow guard dogs. You ready to guard some grace? There's been some activity in the dog pound, Steve. There has. There has. I'm stoked about it because just what is going on in our Facebook page, it's morphing. I mean, it went from just casual, Jesus loves you, yes, he does, comments, to long, thoughtful, biblical, doctrinal comments, thoughts, real spiritual words expressing spiritual thoughts and then the replies that are coming back are just focused on what the bible does or does not want to say the facebook page is changing that is yeah the guardians of grace facebook page is changing can't say that (laughs) been kind of unable to get to the facebook page for a couple weeks right you've been locked out i've been shut out but Somehow, Bill doesn't know how to get back on the Facebook page. He's, if anybody has any suggestions, please make a comment yeah. on the Facebook page. But we haven't been without our share of frustration with all that we're doing because we don't know what we're doing. No, we it, don't. We make every mistake in the book, and even with that going on, I'm telling you, the, spite of it, yeah. the Facebook page is changing. It's changing to people that are making comments that are biblically oriented. And no food recipes, nothing like that. Just eating the word. What was, what's going on with, is it Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, from what I understand, and I don't know that this is good or bad or what, but I was told that we have 4,000 followers on Instagram now. I I don't even know what that means myself. Sure sounds good, though. Yes. The podcast seems to be consistently getting downloaded. You can't stop it. It is getting downloaded, and by the grace of God, we ran into, we came across the path of a web page designer that we did some pool work for, and he's really into ministry. I think he's going to... Help us with a web page. Help us with our web page. Make our dull, dull web page into something that's exciting. He hasn't seen it yet, so I don't think. So I'm pretty sure he's going to be overwhelmed with compassion when he sees it. And I did get that thing called the URL... I've got that, and tomorrow I'll make 
contact with them and give them the URL and see where that takes us. I had a friend last night. We were talking, we were in a restaurant, and he just Instagram, LinkedIn gurus. He, he just knows what he's doing. He's a pro golfer and has web pages and knows how to promote a podcast or promote what he's doing. And while we were talking, he flicked over to, I guess, what was my Instagram account, something that I don't even know how to get on myself. He went over there and said, man, I can't believe what that guy, it's this guy that's we're paying to help us with the Facebook page or the Instagram page. My friend, his name is Jack. He said, that looks good. Whoever you've got working on your Instagram stuff has got it going on. And I, I just thought that was encouraging. Bill and I don't even know really how to do Instagram, but yet it's going on in, in a very good way. That's awesome. That's the spirit of God working through people. That is definitely doing for us what me and you cannot do for ourselves. Yes. Get on a web page and make it function. Thank you guys for doing that. And thank you for posting on Facebook. Thank you for the, just the thought you're putting into your Facebook posts. Oh, Lord. And it's Facebook people from other Facebook pages in other groups are coming to our Facebook page and posting inside of our Facebook page. And they're grace-oriented groups. These grace-oriented groups have now come to our grace-oriented group, and they've really made it blossom. And we could probably go off on some of the comments they've made. For, for something to do tonight, even. Yeah, I'm at a little loss, but I hope in this next few days to get back on Facebook. Don't know how I got locked out. No, of course not. You're thinking they're sin in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're sin in the camp. Sin in the camp. Yeah. No, we know it's not because of that, but it could be because of the adversary. The adversary doesn't want this ministry to get off the ground, so it just constantly trips us up and makes us do something wrong that actually hurts the mechanics of the podcast. And next thing you know, we've got something else to fix on Instagram or to fix on Twitter or something else to fix with Podbean. That's where our podcast first get uploaded keep doing that and pretty much anything you want to say as long as you're civil it goes yes so we look forward to more of your comments and we might put what you say against the scripture or two because that's what we're all growing we're growing in grace yes we're growing in the way that the scriptures allow us to grow in other words it's just scriptures Solo scriptoris. It's just scriptures that we go by, and they're shaping the Facebook page there at Guardians of Grace. It's just like in Ephesians, I'm thinking 4, where Paul prays, and then he says, 
that gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be grace guard dogs, some to be have a podcast, be on Facebook. I'm adding to it, but mm-hmm. you get the point. To equip us until what? We all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God so that we will no longer be, be as infants, infants tossed. tossed back and forth by the waves. And get this, in every wind of doctrine and the cunning and craftiness of literally natural men, men without the Spirit. Scheming. They're schemes, but instead... Speaking the truth. How do we speak the truth? In love. In love. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, whose whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, does what? Grows. Grows. And builds itself up. Builds itself up as each part does its work. Worked and Bill was quoting a passage in Ephesians. What was four? Four. I'm thinking it's in four too. We should probably look that up and tell everybody where it is. It's a passage that talks about God equips everybody for everything that's needed in a ministry. All the dynamics God equips somebody to do each and every one of those dynamics. And there's many of them that Bill and Steve don't know anything about that God is beginning to fill those positions. And it's a good thing. Okay, and then I found that Ephesians. Cool. It starts, it is Ephesians 4, you were right. And it starts in verse 11, and then it goes to about verse 22. And then it's another cool point it picks up in 29 that has to do with posting on Facebook and Instagram and things. But it also says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, this is key, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You notice how it's, do not grieve the Holy Spirit is attached to a thought. Yeah, and we should go over that. Now, if it followed, don't go to bars, don't smoke cigarettes, so that you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Right, but it doesn't say that at all. It's, the it, context is... When you edify someone with your words, make your words full of grace to those who hear it, so that you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Do you get that? It's saying, have your words seasoned with grace, because if they're not seasoned with grace, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And it's something that we should look into, because grieving the Holy Spirit doesn't come with the mental picture that you think it does. Like, oh, there's a guy on the third heaven that's looking down from his throne and his spirit is grieved with me because I I went to the bars last night or something like that. No. Number one, it's saying that it's the grace, speaking about the grace that encourages the spirit. But number two, I want to tell you, and we can look at it in content, context, 
when we're talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, we are actually talking about grieving the Holy Spirit that is in the person next to you, the person you are fellowshipping with. Do you remember Paul saying, if there is any fellowship in the Spirit, make my joy joy complete. complete. Fellowship in the Spirit is a huge, huge doctrine, this way of life that I teach everywhere. It's a huge teaching to the new covenant believers. It's predicated on manifesting and Christ manifesting himself in where two or three together are gathered together and Christ manifests himself in the midst, we are fellowshipping with him. And when Bill and I go off during the day on scriptures like we so commonly do, we are fellowshipping spirit to spirit with each other. And the spirit of that's in Bill encourages me and it edifies me. And that's what it says in Ephesians it's supposed to do. And it's full of grace towards me. Bill doesn't come to me and just point out every fault he can find of mine and beat me up and belittle me and put me down and make me feel worse by the minute. No, no. And just kidding. By God's grace, I don't do that to Bill either. No, you don't. I give him words that edify and that build him up and that fill him with the spirit. Reminds me of what Lee says to you. Right. When I would come to Lee and say, I'm sorry that I grieved you which really means I grieved the spirit inside of you. I grieved the spirit. Lately, when I, I grieve you, I'm sorry. And then she would come back at me and say, don't worry, they were just your words, meaning they were my words. They came from my nature, my human nature, yes. determination to please my wife. And they fell short in the words that the spirit speaks through me don't grieve her spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit inside of her. He has things to say in the moment. In the moment, yes. I edify. That's why I think we should read that passage over again. Okay. I'm going to start in verse 8. This is quoting from Old Testament. I think it's Proverbs 31, I think. Yeah, and this is Ephesians chapter 4. Here's the gifts. And he gave some as apostles some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the purpose of equipping of the saints for the works of service to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith, and there is the faith again, and of the full measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Okay. So he went to the third heaven and sent back down these gifts that come from above. James speaks about them, the earthly wisdom and the heavenly wisdom, the wisdom from above and the wisdom from down below, the gifts from above 
every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of the heavenly lights in whom are no shifting shadows in James 1. Those gifts he gave to us and he gave the gift of being a pastor, the gift of being an evangelist, the gift of being a pastor or teacher. Those gifts, those equippings, you could call them. He gave us the power and the ability, which, you know, as Paul said in, in the Corinthian letter, not he made us adequate ministers of this gospel, not that our adequacy is of ourselves, but it's of him. Yes. That it may be shown to be of him. But those gifts and those callings were to what? Build us all up until we become a mature, mature. man, meaning all 700 million of us think like one person does. We're not scattered with all these denominations and everything, but we, we speak what the Bible teaches us to think about. And how does that jive, Steve, with other passages? Like, didn't Jesus say, call no one on earth your teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ? And maybe First John two twenty seven, where he says you you don't need any man to teach you. Explain all that. Yes, seems conflicting, confusing. Yes, and, and it's it's not. We don't need someone to teach us, but the Spirit teaches us all things. The Spirit can be inside of me, pointing to verses and. You're learning something from the Spirit inside of me. But if you're learning from me, it's going to grieve you in your spirit. That's why the letter of First John was written. It was written to prove that fellowship in the Spirit, Spirit-to-Spirit -spirit fellowship, can make your joy complete. It does not grieve your spirit when you're fellowshipping spirit to spirit. This is a concept that I just don't see spoken of Monday through Friday on TV or the radio. I'm just not hearing it. But yet, when I look at the Bible, the Bible clearly just shows me these ideas. And it says, this person's in the spirit and he can make your joy complete. And this person who says he's in the spirit in First John, there's... 25 examples of somebody who's either in the flesh, the human nature, or they're in the spirit or the divine nature. And when they're in the spirit, the divine nature, it makes your joy complete to fellowship with. And that is what the letter of 1 John is all about, showing you how to tell whether somebody is in the flesh or the spirit, in their edemic nature or their divine nature. And this is what is being talked about in Ephesians 4, that we've been equipped so that we understand this new covenant that we're under and we don't blow back and forth by every wind of doctrine and the cunningness and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. I'm quoting from the passage in Ephesians 4. It says, 
we don't fall for that stuff. If somebody is up there on the radio or something and they're grieving your spirit and making you feel condemned or like you haven't done enough, it's not wisdom from above being spoken. It's wisdom from below, which James says is earthly, natural, and of the devil earthly, natural, and of the devil. And that grieves your Holy Spirit. See, there is a concept, a concept of the idea that we are the vessels that manifest the Spirit of God. And we can go out and evangelize by the Spirit of God. We can go out there and build people up by the Spirit of God that's in us, that manifests through us. We can go to a town and let the Spirit of God be placed in all the people in that town and make that town blossom. Why? By the manifestations of the Spirit of God within those people that you've implanted Jesus in. It's all predicated on knowing what was meant when in Ezekiel, it said, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk an exemplary Christian life. The spirit does for us what we can't do for ourselves. And in this case, it's build other people up. So we speak words of grace. Doesn't it say it right there in the, in the verse, in the chapter? It Does it not say... Use the words of grace. It says it exactly. Am I making that up? No, and it's to your point. Jesus said, call no one your teacher. You have one teacher, the Christ. So who is our teacher? The anointed. The one. anointed. That's what First John says. You need yeah. not that a natural man teach you, but you have an anointing. Yes. Or you're listening to an anointed person, which means a person that the Spirit is manifesting wisdom through him, and yeah. you can receive grace. You not needing that a man should teach you doesn't mean that you can't learn from another human being. No, not at it, all. It's the Spirit of God within the man that is doing the teaching. You speak by the power and the wisdom of Christ in you, the hope of glory, you speak by his power, and it's not a man teaching you. It's literally the words of God, the words that come down from above that you're listening to. You have to remember, when Jesus said this, there was people on earth at that time that were some serious scholars, Bible scholars, Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, experts in law, these guys, to be a Pharisee, I think by age 12, you had to memorize the first five books. Exactly. And you had to be able to go before other Pharisees, and they question you, and you have to be able to answer them. Right, with those verses. These are the people that Jesus said, don't call any of these people your teachers you have one teacher who is the Christ so he was warning his disciples and the people that followed him you don't need 
don't let these people teach you. Even though they can shred the Bible, he said to these Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life, but they all point to me and you refuse to come to me to have life. Teachers of the law just (laughs) point out the things you're supposed to do and not do, and that is the ministry of death. It doesn't edify you. It doesn't benefit you in in any way. That's what 2 Corinthians calls it, the ministry of death. The ministry that condemns. Through that ministry comes the knowledge of sin, how bad we missed the mark. And so so just to finish this thought, let's see. Now this seems, what I'm about to read next in verse 25 I'll read 23 and 24, and then you're going to act like I didn't say 23 and 24 and listen to 25. And you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. The new self you're putting on is created in the likeness of God and and has been created in righteousness and holiness holiness are being set apart by it all the righteous requirements of the law can be fully fully met met. exactly now 25 forget i just said that just going right to 25 for some practical therefore laying aside falsehood speak the truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sin go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. Let him who steals steal no longer, but rather let him labor performing with his own deeds, with his own hands, with what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. Now, with no spirit and knowing nothing about the anointing, knowing nothing about letting the Spirit manifest through him, all I got out of that is don't steal. It was easy to understand. Is there anything wrong with not stealing? No. How do I not steal, though? Do I just say, I'm not going to steal anymore, I'm going to go get a job? That's good. If you just leave out all the stuff about depending on the Spirit and just go to a command, stop stealing, stop it's right. It's death. You, you do have to read those commands in context, in the context of put off the flesh, put on the new man. That's Jesus in you. You know, the new man is Jesus in you. He's talking about Jesus in you. Rely on Jesus in you. And then he says, don't steal. How do you not steal? By relying on Jesus in you, not to steal. That's how you do the imperative mood. And the whole focus of my Christian life for probably six, seven years was to stop sinning. What's wrong with that, Steve? Other than the fact that you couldn't stop sinning, there there was nothing. It's a noble cause. It's a noble endeavor to stop sinning, to say, I would do this for the Lord because I love him. I will stop sinning. But where we run amok is that we try to stop sinning by being determined not to steal or sin instead of depending on 
Jesus in us and giving Jesus in us the glory for giving us the ability not to steal or covet. Turns out the spirit doesn't steal or, or covet. Coveting, we did a whole podcast on that. That's a huge overlooked sin. It's the the equalizer, I guess you could say. It's the one that chops everyone down. Yeah, it, it's the one that has no outward appearance. It's in the mind. It's a battle in the mind not to covet. You could actually hide that one. Exactly. Nobody would know that you're coveting at all, but you're coveting without anybody realizing it. It's in the mind. And it was what brought Paul to realize what a huge problem he had yes. in Romans 7. That's what Paul said. And the law produced in me coveting of every kind for apart from the law, the sin is dormant. And so it served its purpose, this law that got Paul to the end of himself of a way of life in Saul or way of life in Paul, because this coveting got him so defeated that he cried out, wretched miserable man that I am who will rescue me from this body of death thanks be to God through Jesus Christ isn't that what he says here in Ephesians back to Ephesians 419 you did not come to know Christ in this way you did not come to know Christ by committing not to steal not to to covet not to go to bars, smoke cigarettes, any of those things. That is not the way of life in Christ that Paul is saying you didn't learn Christ in this way. You didn't learn Christ. There was a certain way in which you learned Christ, this way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach. There's a certain way you've learned him, and that's if you've heard from him. If you've heard from the people around you, no telling what you learned. But if you heard from Christ, if you heard from the Holy Spirit, which will guide you into all truth, isn't that what it says right there, that there's some truth there? It does say that. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. So Jesus was their teacher. And what did the teacher do? Abide in. What did the teacher teach? Abide in him. Didn't it say the truth in him? It said it verbatim. You have been taught in him. You've been taught the in Christ doctrine. doctrine. Yes. That he taught. Let's see. How consistent did he teach this? Everywhere. In every church. Every sermon, every church, every where. place. Every place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know what that word every means in the Greek, right? <laughs> every, every, excluding nothing. Nothing. Yes. nothing. yes. You were taught in him if you actually heard his words. His words are saying, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can't do anything. If people are not 
preaching about the power of this grace that we live by the grace of God, I am what I am. If people are not preaching about the power of this grace and they're putting you under the law and condemning you, they are grieving the spirit that is within you. It's by a bad gospel message. What did Paul say in in Galatians? If even I or an angel were to preach a different gospel, what gospel does Paul preach? Christ in you, in everywhere, in every church. Living by the power of Jesus, living by the grace of God is what is taught. And that's what we teach people to depend on, which is Christ in them, and our joy becomes complete because Christ manifests himself through us and we hear the words of Christ, which are very edifying. They are very full of grace. They are very beneficial towards building you up. They are spirit and they are life. Oh, good way to put it, Bill. Good way to put it. They're Jesus' words. They are Jesus' words. If you're living by do not steal, you're living a way of life from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Say that again, Bill. Say that again. It's true. What you just said is true. If you're living the don't steal, don't go to bars, covet, don't commit adultery, you're You've learned a way of life in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You've learned a way of life under Moses, which is the ministry of death. And all it's ever going to produce is thorns and thistles and futility, which is symbolic of futility. Yes, wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble. And it's completely devoid of the spirit. It's all edemic. It's the Adam nature. It's death. It's what makes you want to quit being a Christian. It makes me... I actually did quit being a Christian. I remember. That didn't go well either. Because (laughs) the fun was taken out of the things I used to, to do. And was replaced with even more guilt. So, if that's you, I know what that's like. And... We're here to set you free from that. As someone once said, uh, when you get to your end of your rope, let go. (laughs) Let go. Let God. Let God. So this way of life in Christ that he teaches everywhere in every place, isn't that the same thing that I just read in verse 20? But you did not learn Christ in this way of the do's and don'ts. You want me to finish? I think so. If... Indeed, you have heard him. It it doesn't say heard about him. It says heard him. That's right. You hear his voice. Yes. My sheep hear my voice. And they know my voice. They do. And have been taught in him. What? In Christ. No, not that it's been taught in in scholastic excellency, right? (laughs) (laughs) You have the scholastic letters of commendation. (laughs) Support. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're all set. Right. Not. <laughs> it doesn't get you anywhere. And he said, we don't need these letters That's of commendation. What... These are the same letters of commendation when he was persecuting Jesus that 
gave him legitimacy. Right, right. And that's what we're trying to say today, is you don't need the letters of commendation. You have the spirit. It is your letter of commendation. Like you've been saying. Yeah, go ahead. That's what Paul is saying. He just said it. You were taught in him, right? Yes. A, A way of life in Christ that I teach everywhere in every church. Wouldn't that be in him? The way to learn? Isn't that what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, chapters 2 and 3, where it says the natural man can't understand any of this stuff, but the spiritual man, the divine nature that is within you, discerns all these things, not the scholastic excellency of a scholar that's not going to learn these biblical thoughts. It's in the mind of Christ, you learn these biblical thoughts. But read what the rest of it says. Okay. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with lusts of deceit and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, I I see a couple grammar issues here with the Apostle Paul. Yes, and I think that should be our topic for the next podcast, what it means, your former way of life, and just go through all that, because it's the perfect time to teach the idea of eternal statements and temporal statements, because that's what we just turned the corner and went into. So you're saying it's not a grammatical error. When you get it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So he says, you've been taught in reference to your former manner of life. That was the the natural man that does not understand the things of God. Natural and uh, former in God's eyes. I mean, what did you used to think it meant? You were taught in regard, regard to your former way of life. What did you think that... What did you used to think that meant? I thought it meant that now you're a Christian and you can't do the things you used to do. That's your former way of life. But it's not that at all. It is not that at all. No, it isn't. It's a glorious truth. It is not stop going to the bars like you formerly did before you were saved, your former way of life. It's not that at all. It's something really cool and it helps you when you've had a terrible, terrible day and you've done things you didn't like and you've showed things about yourself that you do not like about yourself. What it's talking about in regards to your former way of life, that is what in your day-to-day experience is your present tense day of life. It's everything you do not like about yourself in God's eyes is your former way of life because he made that life die with Christ at his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. Everything you do not like about yourself from now till the time you stop breathing, everything you don't like about yourself in God's eyes died with Jesus at the cross and was buried with him 
in the grave. That part of you that you don't like about yourself is called the former way of life. Even though you still see it. From our point of view, it's the present day. That, that's why it says in Romans 6, you have crucified the old man in Romans 6, 6. But then in Ephesians 4, 22, it says, put off the old man, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Either you crucified him or you haven't and he's still alive. Well, see, that would be an apparent contradiction unless you realize that from God's point of view, you crucified the old man and he is dead. That's why it's calling it your former way of life. But from our point of view, he's very much alive and active and running rampant in our lives and embarrassing us over and over again. But thank God that's our former way of life in God's eyes. And that was hung on the cross and crucified. Yes. yes. From God's point of view. Yes. Yes. Well, let me ask you this then. What about my obligation to keep the law, so, so to speak? Didn't I love the way it starts out in Hebrews 10 that the law being only a shadow of the good things to come could never, never, by the same sacrifices, even though the law required them, could never take away a sin consciousness. If it could, we wouldn't need to keep going back and offering more. But he, by one sacrifice for all sin for all time, gave us a perfect, clear conscience before God. If you have a sin consciousness, you didn't get that from the Spirit. You got it from the law. The law gives you a sin consciousness. Performance-based Christianity gives you a sin consciousness. Living on the religious treadmill, as you put it so often, gives you the sin consciousness and quenches the Holy Spirit. That That's where we, we're back to where we started, aren't we? Aren't we? Yes. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Yes. I don't grieve the Holy Spirit by lighting a cigarette. I grieve the Holy Spirit by putting myself back under a performance and putting other the the people. people around me yes. under yes. that Right. Or listening to a teacher. Right. When you say don't really rely on that grace there, Bill, you need to toe the line. Yeah. The, the grace is good. Good. But, but it's a good start. Yeah. But obedience is what is demanded of you. Trust not that we can, we can obey. There's none who obeys. No, not one. Does anybody get that passage in Romans 3? There's none good. No, not one. There is none who obey. <laughs> no, not one. Yes. Might as well say what Jesus said. Be perfect. Be perfect. Yes. How perfect? What's the standard? I think it was as your father in heaven. So Mighty high standard. <laughs> well, but some people say, well, it doesn't really mean and when perfect. You, it means mature. And when you give somebody a verb to do, then they have to do it perfect. Therefore, they're going to be grieved. Therefore, you have grieved the spirit in that person again by bringing up some demands for him. Yeah. And it, you see, the law did have a purpose. It was to get you ready 
to receive the Spirit. It was to get you to the end of yourself so that you would have put no confidence in the flesh. As Paul said in Philippians 3, I believe, he said, we boast in Christ and we put no confidence in the flesh. And then he said, this is why the Apostle Paul was picked to be the the Apostle to the Gentiles. Because he says, now if anyone could boast, if anyone could put confidence in the flesh, he said he could, he said he had far more reasons to put confidence in the flesh than anyone else. And he listened that he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, which I guess is a good tribe to be from. What else did he do? He was zealous for the law. Zealous. Give me the law. Mm-hmm. And, and as far or, as the law is concerned, he said, I'm blameless. As the outward performance, he yes. said he was faultless. Faultless. But whatever was to his credit, he says, he considers loss. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing or experiencing Christ. That's what Paul taught everywhere in every church, a way of life of experiencing Christ. I teach everywhere in every church. That's the cornerstone concept of this new covenant that he put his spirit in us to cause us to walk in an exemplary way as Christians and we can experience that spirit throughout the day. Every day. As he uses us. That is the essence of the Christian life. And I believe we've kind of run out of time. Need need to maybe close in prayer. That would be awesome. Father God, thank you for allowing us to go over your word and to look at your scriptures. And thank you for the scriptures that you pointed us to. And thank you for what those scriptures said. Allow us to take root in the idea of the new covenant Christian, which relies on the power of Jesus in him to live the Christian life. The new covenant Christian glorifies the power of Jesus in him for the Christian life. We give you the glory, Father, for what you have been doing in us. And we thank you that when we've had a bad day, you call that the former way of life, even though in our day-to-day experience, it was very much present tense to us. But you mercifully said, as far as you're concerned, it's a former way of life. So allow us to use that as a safeguard for our minds on the days that we've fallen the farthest, Father. And it's in your son's name I ask and pray these things and pray for the guardians of grace. Amen. Amen. Good night, everyone. We love you. Thank you.